Welcome back to Footsteps in the Attic, the podcast dedicated to all things strange and paranormal. And today we're going to delve into the strange yet awesome career of Jeannie Bassone, a.k.a. Hollywood. She starred as Hollywood in four seasons of the smash hit series Glow, was the original cast member. Four seasons, that's right, the only one who can truly say she was in every single episode. But it doesn't stop there. She also starred in such television shows as Family Feud, Married with Children, did stunt work in all major television shows. I I mean, there's a laundry list there. Has also appeared in smash hit films such as Son-in-Law with Pauly Shore. Jeannie Hollywood Bassone, welcome to the show. (laughs) Brian, you are so awesome. Thank you for having me. Wow, that was a huge uh, introduction. Well, it's all true. It's all true. That's the thing. (laughs) Like, we're not making anything up here. No, we we don't lie. No, we do not. I I can't believe you literally were the first ever cast member casting Glow. And you did it while... Tell them about your job that you were working with. I will. Yes, please do. Okay, great. So, I did not have a wrestling background. I started... um, I was actually drawing blood, which is called a phlebotomist, and it was a, <laughs> yes, phlebotomist, spell that, P-H-L-E, yeah, we'll go from there. Drawing anyway, blood, that's some foreshadowing. Uh, what was that? I said that, drawing blood, that's some foreshadowing for your career to be. Uh, exactly. So, I'm drawing blood in the laboratory, and I get an, uh, an interview, um, an audition, actually, and I go down to the uh, interview, and uh, there's a lot of girls with their pictures and resumes there. And David McLean comes up and says to this, uh, to this, all of us girls, um, he said, this show's going to be about women's wrestling. And there was no women's wrestling on television that I knew of in the day. I, I know that there was independent wrestling um, for ladies like Candy Devine and Debbie Combs and Misty Blue, Rock and Robin, Sherry Martell. All of those ladies were pro wrestlers, but they were not on television. Right. Definitely and, not in featured parts by any means. Right. Absolutely. And here comes Glow. So for me, I just happened to be at the right place at the right time. Here's this audition. Um, there were interviews or, excuse me, trainings in the evening. And the trainings were run by Londa Guerrero. The Guerreros are famous uh, for their their training and um, right. being in wrestling. Uh, so... Um, I had to, I had to, anybody who wanted to come down to the training could. So it wasn't like you were picking OU, OU, or you. Just anybody could come down and go through the training. So my training was Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Uh, and then I would, I would do those trainings for three hours a night and then get my butt up in the morning and go work. So when you're 20 years old, do anything and you are fearless so you, know, <laughs> you can take those not, bumps it's true though <laughs> when you're young you're not afraid to do anything so i'm multi multitasking everything here uh, they picked 12 girls i was one of them we did the pilot and uh that was uh the pilot we shot was december 5th 1985 we took it to the nappy convention which is for syndication that was in new orleans in 1986 i think four of the glow girls myself americana tammy jones and matilda hunt went to that convention to sell our show with our with our uh producer and director we sold the show and i quit my job and started full-time in 1986 of April, and I did, like you said, all four seasons of that show. The, I mean, which, were, wow, were you, were you just, were you, like, blown away when that first happened? Because that's a big yes. deal. Like, you can quit your day job and yes, focus on I this did. television gig. I know. I not mean, knowing. And I've never been on TV a day in my life, first of all. I mean, I did one extra job, and that was how I basically got into the system, Brian, is because my name and phone number was with an agency, I believe called, I don't know, I think it was called Atmosphere or something, and they just called, and they just had this huge call, a cattle call, if you want to call it that, and I went down. Uh, so, like I was saying earlier, there were other pro wrestlers before us that were already 
doing that, you know, going like, to the different uh, territories, they used to call it back in the day. Actually, in the 50s, they called it territories. They would go to certain territories right. to wrestle, which means get in your car and drive. And, you know, I don't know if these girls were getting in their car and driving, <laughs> but, but there were people before that were doing that, like Penny Banner and Ida Mae Martinez. Um, May uh, Young. Yeah. West. Yes. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is with them, I think the difference between Glow and that is they were kind of used as sideshow attractions on the main right. roster. Whereas Glow, what was great about Glow is the women, it was all about the women. I mean, they were from the beginning to the end, the middle, everything. And that was great about the television series because it really focused on females and great characters. And it was just so much fun. Totally, and you know what? It was before even female empowerment, before that word, you know, right. as popular as that word is today. That was before then. I mean, think about it. Who were the superheroines, or who did you look up to in the 80s? What characters were there to look up to? There were no female role models besides Wonder Woman. I mean, you're so right. Who else? So, this was good for us, it put us on the map. But even so, I, we were ahead of our time because I don't think people took it seriously. You know, I, I really didn't feel that we were as popular as we were until later in the game. Later on, um, Brian, until actually I started seeing that we were getting fan mail. They did not give us our fan mail. And maybe that was to keep our egos down. Right, right. right. But still, you know, so that's that, kind of a bummer, though, that you didn't get to experience that you know, as it was, you know, because I'm sure you had a lot. We did. And I found that by accident by picking up my check downtown or when I would go back to Los Angeles. I saw bags and bags of mail and I asked our secretary, I go, what are those bags of mail? She goes, that's for you guys. I go, what? And we're not getting it. So that was a bummer. So wow. I just went through as many as I could. I should have just flung the whole thing on my back and took it with me. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't do that, but I knew I was pushing it, so I didn't really. So I would just grab what I could. You know, I, and, I'm, I'm and really. We were popular. That's the thing. Is we really were. Oh, for uh, sure. You know, and I love the comment about you grabbing the mail because this kind of leads into a comment I was going to make. And this is true because I've known you for years and I consider you a dear friend. You're such a good human being. You're so nice. And here you are playing this heel on television. And I loved Hollywood. You were my absolute favorite character on the show. And I don't just say that because we're dear friends. Um, So what was that like playing the heel? And yet you have this, you have Jeannie and you have Hollywood. So you're playing, you know, you're this dual person. You're one person on television and you're one person in your personal life. How did you combat playing the heel and just being your natural giving self? <laughs> yeah, that's a good, very good question because there were some people that were supposed to be good girls and they were bitches. And I'm telling you, <laughs> they should have been heels. I'm thinking, I gotta be opposite. Here I am, this goody tissue kid. You really, you know, um, I wouldn't say goody tissue, but good enough. Never been on TV. I don't know what heel and, and, baby face are so i have right. to learn you know who's the character hollywood what what are her and vine do exactly right so i have to kind of figure out that first and they gave us a little direction oh you guys pick pockets from the streets of hollywood well i'm from los angeles <laughs> and i don't really think of hollywood and vine as these pickpocketing <laughs> yeah. <chicks. laughs> yeah. i was just like i I'm having a hard time feeling this. Um, <laughs> let's see what else I can do with this character. I, I, I think whatever changes you made were clearly the right ones. Exactly right. <laughs> so I'm digging rock and roll. I'm like, okay, I'm watching all the the, the models in those 80s video vixen videos with Motley Crue and the Scorpions. I'm like, that's what Hollywood and Vine are. Boom. They're rock and roll chicks. Do, you know, and, and yeah. they... You know, we'll take it from there, and that's how I felt we did. Did you do like the whole look, like the feathered hair and the and the the, the makeup with the eyes? Like, was that all? Was that a you creation, Jeannie? No. So the creation that I so first of all that makeup that came on the glitter mm-hmm. that was Joanne Cooper. We found Joanne Cooper uh, face painting actually in New Orleans, and we hired her. the The story goes is. 
the director and I believe one of the girls, Cindy, saw her and loved the face painting. He tore a $100 bill in half. He gave her one half and he took the other. He goes, if you can be tomorrow morning, pack your bags. He said, and do makeup and come work for us. I'll give you the other $100 bill. Oh, wow. I'm serious. That's incredible. She showed up, gave her the other half of the $100 bill. And that's how Joanne (laughs) Cooper came aboard to create all of that uh, makeup. Um, Now for the hair, Mm -hmm. I did my own. I crimped it. I just watched it. I loved the hair. Yeah. Some days I look at the hair and I'm like, man, you could tell nobody was really helping us professionally. (laughs) (laughs) Because sometimes my hair would be like sticking up over here and I'm like, it doesn't look like I just woke up out of bed, but that's okay. That's what heels do. A little disheveled sometimes. (laughs) This is true. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, the heels can be a little grimy if they need to be. So Yeah. For me to play a character that was so opposite from me was such a pleasure. It was so great to play a heel because, you know, it, it, it's easy. I, I, I just think. And then again, later in life, I played Wonder Woman, and that's right. such a great character as well. well. So I can play both very, very well. What do I choose? It's fun to play a heel. I, Funner, if that's a word. It, it's, always, it's always great to be the villain. And in my yeah. opinion, my humble opinion. I did, agree. Did you do the wardrobe at all? Or did you have input yes. into what you wore? Oh, okay, see? so that's, that's a great question. So, of course, remember when I told you there was 12 of us that got picked? Yeah. To do the pilot. So they already had storyboards uh, created. Is that what they're called? Yeah, storyboards. Right. They storyboarded everything. And they had all the characters drawn out with their outfit. So my outfit was this pink and black outfit. It was a one piece and it was yep. the ugliest one piece I've ever <laughs> seen. Ever. I'm like, I really don't have a, uh, this outfit is not giving me any curves whatsoever. <laughs> and I hated it. So I would go to Hollywood and I'd find pink and black or green for green and black. Or, or black and pink, whatever it was in corsets, and I would go into Hollywood and pick out these outfits, and I would just bring them in. I said, "Vine, this is yours. This is mine." So I just started bringing them in and wearing them. That's why you see, for my character and, and Janet's character, you will see very different uh, yeah. costumes all the time. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it's zebra print, uh, leopard print, uh, the corsets. You know, we just did it, and I didn't. Nobody said no. Right. I, I'm like, I wasn't going to go, can we wear this? You, I knew better than to open my mouth and say that. So I started bringing the fishnets. <laughs> uh, seriously. Well, you know what? They always say. That, when, you, when you give that to somebody, you're giving them the option to say no. Well, I that's it. it. What, what's the old saying? It's better to ask forgiveness than permission. So that's there right. we go. That's great. So, yeah, that was because of me. I still have some of them here in the closet. Um, some of those outfits. Oh, see, that's awesome. The, what, right? I mean, that, that's, old those are. Those are 30 years old, those that's in, outfits. That is incredible. Yes. Do you keep them in a special spot, or are you just like, ah, oh, yeah, they're... they're here. They're in my um, costume area. You know people are going to go nuts on eBay if you ever try to put... <laughs> oh, my God. Brian, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Seriously. Like that... Let me look here. Let's see what we got here. <laughs> oh, my goodness. See, Jeannie? Yeah, this would be interesting. You have a vault right there whenever you need it. <laughs> oh my gosh, I've got mine and mine. Do you really? Got, yes, I've got the pink one um, with the black on the side. It's I, the light I, pink. And then, yeah. and then Janet's got the green one with the black on the side. And I know there's more in here. That's unbelievable. I yeah, mean, it's pretty cool. I, I, yeah, that's, I mean, right there. I mean, it's iconic because it's really glow as part of the fabric of pop culture. Hence the, you know, hence the television series that they, you know, I think it was HBO. Was it HBO or was it Showtime? No, it was just regular. Um, back then they called it cable, but at first it was on, on Channel 13, which is a local station in California. Mm-hmm. Uh, KCOP 13, which is not called that anymore. And then after the second the third season after the second season the third season went to like a, a an off cable channel in california right and i think for new york you guys were can't think of it right now 
remember. Right. I, I definitely remember watching it, though. Yeah, it was on. And we were syndicated all over the United States, that's for sure. How, what was it like when you saw yourself in your first like wrestling magazine? Because I know the Glow oh, was in there. Wrestling magazines, I've got all of those. That was pretty cool because I got to do the cover, the first cover. Me and Susie Spirit are on the cover of the first one. That's phenomenal. And, yeah, and I remember Janet and I were invited to go to Canada. Zentner Publishing was the company that published it, Z-E-N-T-E-R. And they were located in, uh, it, it's either Toronto, no, uh, not Toronto. What's the one with the M? Oh, Montreal? That's it. I think it was Montreal. Is that right? What's right above New York? Is Montreal yeah, that, right? yep, yep, you're the, yep, you got it. We were in Montreal. I remember it was freezing. There. <laughs> we went to their wrestling convention that they had there, and they gave me so many copies of that first one. I don't have so many now, but I still have quite a few of the first. I got all of them, but the first ones, I always think the first ones are always the most uh, important ones. Absolutely. The most special. Yeah. But, yeah, those were those were definitely special ones. Um, uh, but yeah, so... Uh, the funny thing is somebody asked me about the photography I'm trying to remember who took all the photos for that I know later on in the third and fourth season the second Russian um, Noel right that played our second Russian did a lot of photos for glow isn't that great uh, so she was able to kind of multitask between talent yeah, and what a smart girl, photographer right? <laughs> I gotta tell you yeah, yeah some people that had more hands-on than others you know oh um, absolutely I, I kind of at that time want to get my job in and play because right when you're 20 years old what else do you want to do besides work right I right mean, thank goodness we love what we did or i love what i did but at the end of the day we had curfew and you can't be drinking and people are watching you and and i get it if I was the director of 30 or 40 females and you're traveling and touring, you got to keep them on a tight leash. And we were, we really were on a tight leash. So I know it was probably better than having us as wild Indians. You know? <laughs> course, I, I broke all the rules. Good. That happened quite a bit because especially when season three and four had a bunch of new faces coming in, I'm the you know, original. So I got away with a little bit more than say the third and fourth season girls. They, they, they were definitely, it was tougher for them. Well, they you also yeah. lived in Vegas and I didn't have to live full time in Vegas. Well, you earned that right. I mean, honestly, in my opinion, you're too humble to say this, but I think you were the face that ran the place. You know, I really do. <laughs> you know, I, I believe they knew they knew in you they had the you know the golden you know the golden nugget no pun intended for since it was vegas oh, but that's where jealousy comes from the face that runs the place that's the thing like I, I i think they were that. go please go ahead that. they were they were very jealous of you in my opinion some of the cast members i'm sure some were very no. genuine but i mean there was a couple but you know i i will say brian here we are season 1 2 3 and 4 every single girl all of them were all on television, so there was really nothing to complain about. I, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, but well, that's the right attitude. That was the attitude, and I will say, you know, I would say later on, stuff started, but during that time, I got along with everybody, you know? Well, of course uh, you did, because you're a good person. You're a nice person, so I know you would be at least i tell the truth i'm gonna take that i don't make up a bunch of shit as we go yep well and you know was it hard for you to live i mean initially in the first like two seasons like you're all crammed together in this house like you had to get on each other's nerves i mean there's no way you can so let me explain so season one and two were at the riviera hotel so we all had our own okay of course i had to share Okay, with my tag team partner, and that's what made it difficult with her and I, because first of all, we're working together closely, Right. we're doing our matches closely, we're doing sketches closely, and now we freaking have to live together. <laughs> so no no break. I'm upset with anybody, I don't care what 
close you are or how friendly you guys are, if you're best friends, you get on each other's nerves here and there. So I'm pretty certain that I got on hers and she got on mine after right. a while. It's just you need your space. Well, you were probably, you know, also relieved when you ultimately kind of had your singles run because you, you know, you got a little chance to separate and kind of shine on your own. Which was great. The singles matches. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. and and you were such a good worker because there is, you know, there's some who you could tell uh, weren't as uh, athletically adept as yourself. So you. uh, kudos I to you. Hard. I worked hard. That's all. Let's just put it that way. Thank you to Monda because Monda was my trainer for the ladies that came in after Monda left. I would say training. I hate to use the word, but to me, it declined. Yeah, it, it wasn't. It was more about the look than the ring work, I think, and the characters. Yeah, so the ring work, and so for me to learn more, more ring work, like you said, mm-hmm. I'd watch TV. I literally had to turn on WWF mm-hmm. when it was WWF and go, all right, I ha- I desperately need some new moves here. And so, hence the flying head scissor came about. I'm like, oh yep. my God, that's spectacular. I have to do it. Who's, who am I going to do it with? Who, 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 who? And I decided to do that with, um, Tulsa. Yeah. Tulsa goes, I'll do it with you. And so that was a signature move and that you, I always did with and, her. And that's phenomenal. And I'm glad you had that trust because you're literally right. giving someone your body. You're hoping, you know, they'll have that respect and, and athletic ability to carry through without injuring yourself or, you know, yes, your partner. Or the other person. Yeah. Not yeah. See, that's the one thing that everybody was careful about. All the girls pretty careful some of the new ones that were coming in i had some experiences with uh like cheyenne share you know some people were a little more hyper in the ring so mm-hmm. you know they, they would amp out and i get that because in the beginning when they are announcing you and you're getting ready to go out you are so amped you feel like you have to go to the restroom and you're trying to like right you know what i mean totally like, oh and then once they announce your name all of a sudden, all the jitters stop immediately. And you're Hollywood. And, but some people, you know, were a little nervous, nervouser than others. I was right. lucky that I was able to, you know, once I, once, because it's just called confidence, you know, sure, being confident sure. in what you do for everybody, well, any, any person in entertainment, you know how that goes. Oh, completely, right? completely. And, you know, and I would assume you were sort of the, one of the ring generals, like people would go to you to... You know, when they're calling a spot in a ring or, 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 you know, something along that nature, I'm sure you were one of the people that everyone looked up to, like, all right, who's going to carry us through this if there's any kind of glitch or a spot gets blown? Yeah, now that's interesting because I think every one of those girls were, you know, Matt was hardcore in everybody. So I think he instilled that in all of us that if something happened, we could all take control over it because I, I noticed that all girls did pretty well. Not all, but, <laughs> you know, not everybody. But you know, when somebody loses their training, their thought, mm-hmm. of, you know, you can just put them in a, a headlock and talk it out real quick, and then do it again. That happened to me later. Um, like it was last year or the year before, I was working with NWA, uh, yeah. with some of their pro guys, and one of the moves. Um, one of the guys was supposed to push me into the other one. Well, he pushed me so hard. Oh God! And I went fly. I didn't even go into the arms of the person. I went straight. I mean, he pushed so hard because he's this 280-pound man, and here I am at 100, well, buck 25. He pushed me out. I fell, and I'm like, okay, this is easy. We missed it, so now we're just going to go back in and we're going to do it again. And that's all I did is I just just picked up up where we left off and just repeated it again, and it was perfect. Because I knew cameras were on us. I'm like, you know what? The cameras will edit all of that. Right. See? Again, there's a pro right there. Yes, exactly. Now, you... Clearly, because you had you had the look, you had the personality, and I know you've told me privately this before, but you had to have interest from the WWF at the time during your glow I, run. Well, I, I did, and I remember when they, when they came, they actually were doing auditions, and I went down, but Brian, I was right in the middle of a broken leg, and there, I went in the ring, and I hid 
my atrophy in my right leg, so I wore some sweatpants, and I was still limping because I was fresh into that broken leg. But I thought, the agent wanted me to go. You have to go. Uh, once I got in the ring, they started asking me questions. Jim Ross was down there going, who's your trainer? And I'm like, Mondo Guerrero. They're like, oh. And they're, and they're getting more and more interested right. and more and more interested. And the more they got interested, the more I got nervous because I'm thinking, I can't lie to them. I can't tell them that I'm ready to wrestle because – and so I just – I got nervous and I just told them the truth and I said, hey, you guys, I'm going right in the middle of a broken leg and that was it. Wow. But for, but for me, Brian, if I, I think if I really wanted to go with W, you know, I would have pushed it harder. I, I get it. I didn't want to. I kind of was, for four years, I sat there and had no, you know, no vacations yeah. You know, no steady boyfriend. It was just, I wanted a real life. I just wanted to just do what a 20 year old wants to do. I, and that I wasn't being on the road. I was over the road for, for that point in my life. No, you know what? You, I think you made the right call because there would have been, you would have been in such a bubble and you would have never had any days off. You, like you just said, you wouldn't no. have had time to stop and smell the roses with that kind of schedule. No. And I knew that, and I'm like, I'm not going back into that. So I'm just like, I, I, and I told my agent, I, I told my broken leg. He goes, he did what? I go, I told him the truth. Yeah. And he just put his eyes in his head, and I was just like, oh well, I feel good about that, making that decision. You and you know what? That's also integrity. You you have integrity, so you didn't bullshit them. You weren't trying to, you know, you just wanted well, to lay the cards on the eyes. table. Exactly. Most people will do that. I'm not a bullshitter. I I don't think I'd be a good liar. No, you that you like me, you like me for who I am. I'll tell you the way it is, you know. And then when you lie, you have to sit there and figure out, well, what did you just, what did I say? What did I tell? Right, you, yeah, you're right. Darn um, prosecution on television right now, on Derek Chauvin trial, and I'm thinking, are they lying? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, I do it for due diligence. I like to learn, so it's not something that. You know, I like to watch how prosecutors and defenders do their work. Right. Uh, how they go around things, and it's just a, it's just a learning, a due diligence kind of learning process that I love to watch. Why? Right? What are you watching this stuff for? I go. I have to. <laughs> I, just, I love it. I think well, that's phenomenal. I know. It's, <laughs> it's lame. <laughs> no, it is not. You know, and I'm thinking, are they lying? And then I thought, well, God dang, it was over, it's almost a year. It's hard to remember certain <laughs> things. So if you tell the truth, people, you never have to go back and go, what did I say? Isn't that a great moral right there? Never have to second guess it. You know, you just laid the cards on the table. You know what it was. Right. right. <laughs> exactly. I've had people say, oh, Hollywood said that. And I'm like, no, I didn't. Oh, I know. Uh, and you are lying. I never said that. Again, that that harkens back to jealousy. Because I know one thing I know about you personally, you are such an honest person. You are a straight shooter, and you also are very sensitive to other people's feelings. So I know I you're yeah, you are not a shit talker. People can be. That yeah. happened to me. We talk about bullying. You talk about bullying today. Well, it was happening when I was. Uh, a teenager. Yeah, thanks. Kids are, kids are really mean. I, I was, I'm glad you actually brought that up. That was my next question. What was young Jeannie like? What were you like growing up? I was a good kid. I mean, my parents are still together to this day. So for our family, having three, you know, two sisters and myself, me being the oldest, you know, there was lots of rules and chores to be done, and my parents are Catholic, so there was school, uh, there was church on Sunday. Yep, I'm right there you with know? you. Yeah, exactly, and, you know, family. We're Italian on my dad's side, Spanish on my mother's side, so that's pretty crazy, hot-blooded <laughs> stuff, And but it's all family, and so even today, it's all about, regardless if it's one person's birthday we try to get together for everyone's birthdays june is always like a busy one it's mom and dad's anniversary it's uh two nephews birthdays it's my sister's birthday there's a lot going on in june my god that, that is a busy day on top of it that's what i'm talking about <laughs> and i know you're close with your dad for sure yes absolutely 
Mom I've, and dad are great. They're like I said, they're together. They're healthy, um, and they look. Brian will always say, "Man," he goes, "I know your parents. My dad's just turned 82, and my mother's 78." But you would look at them, and you would not think that is their age. And I always tell Ryan, "I go, I think it's the weather. I think it's sunny weather." In California, that keeps them and genes, you know. Yeah, well, you you have absolutely great genetics because nobody would look at you and even attempt to try to guess your age because you look oh, so sweet. young. No, I'm I'm dead serious. Like oh. you are so beautiful, and you've always maintained that. And it's like, look at this. I try. It's not always easy, but you know, I think working out helps a lot. I think. Partying that we all did when we were younger. Yeah, you do it when you're younger, but you kind of grow out of it. Right.、And、that helps. I don't drink a lot. I don't smoke at all. I don't do any drugs. So I changed my, you know, habits from my 20s and 30s because I just wasn't feeling like myself. And you, could,、right. you could tell. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm perfect, but yeah, I went through. The whole thing that kids go through in high school and then afterwards. But once I left high school, it was like, what's the point?、Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't. I don't need to be doing this. I mean, yeah, I drank quite a bit because I liked it. It's fun. Right. Does it? You know. We all go through that. But then you get to a point. At least I did. That I'm like, you know what? I'm hungover, and I'm not just hungover today. Oh my god, it's going into the next day. Holy. Yeah, <laughs> and you get nothing done, and I don't like that. I am a person that I have to. There's always something.、I'm, I just can't sit down and watch TV all day. That is not what I do. I no, that is、TV. not you. No, it's not. You know, it's funny. You know, it's funny, Jeannie. Is earlier I know you didn't want to travel so much and be in a in a you know on the go, but you are probably one of the most busy people I've ever known in my、I、life because、like、you are always traveling now. <laughs> You know what? I like. I don't mind it during this COVID. Let me just tell you that during the pandemic, I continued to go. I went every single month, March of 2020, to as we go now. But I was careful, and I know that some people are like, "Oh my God!" But I'd always get tested, so I'd go through the CVS drive-through and get tested before and after.、Um, And I have been negative ever ever since. So you know, I did that. I did that because for my work, right? Not being sitting there, you know, in close contact. You know, we still wrestled a little bit, but a lot of it, a lot of things were canceled, as you know. Conventions, all of those were canceled, and slowly by slowly, those are opening up. I accepted my first.、Uh, it's called AppleCon, right? Which will be May first. Yes, you hear that,、I'm, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. So AppleCon is May first、um, in New York. It's at the New Yorker Hotel.、And、Very easy there, to get to. And there's another wrestling signing one in Albany, New York, and that'll be June 13th and 14th. So little things are opening up here and there.、Um, I know there's a lot of controversy with the vaccine, but for me, in order for me to continue to work and be close, I'm I'm doing that. Right. So I'm I'm confident with that. So you know, if you want to get it, cool. If you don't, that's your prerogative. You you do whatever you want, what you think is right for you.、Uh, so yeah, all all going well in the right direction. Ryan, who is a musician, you know those guys.、Um, they're they're starting some gigs here and there.、Um, the Kiss Cruise looks like it's happening at the end of October in November. That's fantastic. Play on that. Um, and then they've got Ace Freely, who wants to start in, I believe, August touring. That is incredible! What a busy household. It is busy, but that's <laughs> what we do, and that's. I know.、Happens. That's your、and、thing. You know it makes it. It just. I don't know. It just. Regular is normal's boring. Normal is boring. Normal、so. is kind of boring, but、yeah. it is how you make it because you know. I, that's why I took up my. That's not why I took up soap. You know, we can go into that.、Too. Oh, we're we're gonna go into that for、oh, sure. Oh goodness, we'll talk about that when that comes up.、But、I I I want to I want to touch upon your extensive stunt career work because you've done stunts in like Days of Our Lives, the、right. Me Myself and Irene, Saved by the Bell, I believe it was too. Yeah, but that's not stunts. Oh, that was acting. Is, 
yeah, the stunt work that I did was uh, Chuck was one of them. Do you remember Chuck? Oh yeah, I remember Chuck. I, I watched Chuck. I yep. play a um, what am I? I'm I'm shooting guns. They wanted girls who were able to handle semi-automatic weapons. <laughs> so I know, you're you're so there you go. Uh huh. So I went. I didn't even have to audition for that. They just needed a handful of girls for um, that particular stunt, and that was fun. I loved working on that show. Um, that was, um, I think, that was 2011 that I did Chuck, and um, I, that I loved. Yeah. Uh, Days of Our Lives was good. There was another one called Legacy, and then Jag, Heart of Darkness, in 2005. Uh, I'm wrestling in the ring with one of the girls the thing on days of our lives that i did i think that's 2009 um i had to wear the actress's uh outfit and um i think her name was chloe yeah i think i think that's correct yeah uh it was so funny because i'm sitting in the uh, makeup chair and this guy's talking to me and he really thought i was her you know (laughs) (laughs) that's great i loved it we did that stunt in two takes, really simple, easy. You know, basically when you, you know, for those who don't really know, if you can hit the ground hard, like AKA wrestling, you definitely can work, do some stunt work, you know? And uh, Cheryl Rusa, you know my friend Cheryl. Yeah. She got, she got me into the into the stunt work. Wow, you know? look at that. I didn't even know Cheryl yeah, was doing stunt work. The one that she got me was Beneath Lockness, and I had to... Uh, double stunt double the actress as she's going over in a boat so we're out on the lake lake castaic in california and they have hydraulics underneath the boat so so see the monster is supposed to come up under the boat and tip the boat well those are the hydraulics i've never been thrown out of a boat ever (laughs) and then there's hydraulics underneath that are blowing up oh Oh my my god God. I, i remember cheryl said my face she goes uh action whatever camera action and she said my eyes got huge (laughs) (laughs) and i told her they were laughing at me i said the reason my eyes got so huge is the stuntman that was sitting across from me his face got like that which scared the shit out of me i go why is he looking why is he looking nervous you know and so but that would have been perfect for i mean if there is a Loch Ness monster that's tipping your boat over wouldn't you technically have that look anyway uh, <laughs> among other things i'd be yeah i'd have that look and, and that one take it was awesome that is that so cool what an experience on that <laughs> Right, Tell- that was the first one. I, I, I don't even know how my, my wig stayed on because I had this short blonde wig that the actress was wearing and I had to get that all wet. I didn't even think about it. Just put it on, let's go. <laughs> how many how, how many takes did that take? Just one, one on that one. Look at I you, one take me. wonder. One take on that and we, and they, and yeah. I, I've seen it a couple of times. You know, there'll be things that you do and you'd never see them. You know, the the extra work, too. I was looking at, um, I didn't even remember it, but the other weekend, Bill and Ted, I think it was Bogus Journey. Yeah. And my friend Amanda, my really good friend Amanda, wanted to meet Keanu Reeves. And I remember Keanu was there, and she was too shy, and I introduced the two of them, and they became really good friends. Look at that. Yeah, she was always hanging out with him in his trailer. Who did she owe that to? They were always smoking. (laughs) (laughs) We're not saying what they were smoking, but they were smoking. They were smoking. (laughs) Anyway, I was watching it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, why do I recognize this? Oh my gosh, I recognize this. Then I see Amanda in the audience, and then I see me. We were both in the front row. I was laughing because... You know, there are just certain things that you've done and you haven't seen any of the work. Oh, sure. So it was kind of fun. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And and you're such a, a natural performer. I've had the privilege of working with you professionally and also writing with you. And yes. I, I know you... Oh, my gosh, the script. Yes. Jeannie and I wrote a feature film script, Deathmatch and Diablo. I 
I still would like to do that someday. Oh, absolutely. Because you'd be just be perfect. This is before The Walking Dead. This is before the big Yahoo of zombies. Yeah, exactly. Yep. It was definitely before the zombie craze. Right. And you are a natural actress because you've been in Son in Law with Pauly Shore. You've been in. That was done. and, And married with children. And married with children, right? Yeah. And your big Family Feud episode. <laughs> I did. Did you know that we did 15 or 20 of those episodes? Oh, did my you know God. That? No. I didn't know that. 15. Okay. And you know how that happens. That happens because when you go, you don't just do one show. You do five tapings at a time. I oh, my God. That. No. So I, I didn't know that either. going to do one. No. You shoot five per uh, every time you're there. Are and, you kidding uh, me? I did 20 of them. Oh, so you were a seasoned pro by like week two. You're yeah. like, okay, I know the, the format of this. Yeah. So that's why I was, I was, um, I believe twice I was the team captain for, for 10 of those. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Cause you were against the WCW at that time with Sting. And I think that was a Jim Ross and the road warriors. Yeah. Yep. There's, I have all their names written down somewhere. It's a family of all the different, um, you know, and back then, yeah, Jim Ross was there. I'm trying to remember all of them. Right. I know Sting. I know Sting was on the team. Yep, he was. I'll tell you who it was right now because I did write it down. Um, it was Sting and Jim Ross, uh, D-Man, Tom Zink. Oh, yes, right? yes, yep. Fly and Brian Pillman. Oh. The Candyman. Uh-huh. The Candyman. Yep. Uh, Brad Armstrong. Wow. Man, so that's I a... wrote those down, and then, um, you know, we, we switched out some of the girls, like Mount Fiji was on, Godiva was in one, Jackie Stallone was in some of them, Justice was in some of them, I think Daisy was in another one, The Farmer's Daughter, so uh, I, I did most of them, and Godiva did too, I think we were the two that they always called back. And yeah, no, that doesn't surprise me. alternate three more girls every time. Well, again, you being humble, there's no coincidence in this, Jeannie. There's a reason why they always want you on camera and That's why they want you to see. So there you go. That's sweet. That's uh, really sweet. Yeah. And Thank you for that. You're absolutely welcome. W- what do you think of when you think of the the show that was relaunched, uh, you know, in honor of GLOW? I, I Now, I personally would have loved to have seen you be invited to be on that show when it was filming because I there wouldn't have been a show without you. But um, what was your reaction to that when you heard they were kind of rebooting, you know, in honor of GLOW, the, the right. series? That's a good question because the first thing that you want to think of is, oh my God, they're making a show, a show that we did. Yeah. That is an honor in itself. Then your next thing is, are we going to be in it? I mean, right, sure. That's just exactly what you think. Yeah. Right. Are, are they going to ask some of the Glow girls to be featured? Well, right. They never did, and I don't know why. It I, could be politics. You know how mm, everything works these days. That, that just, but, yeah. But I thought anything that brings the attention back to Glow is good for us. You know, it, it honors us. We also got honored at CAC, which is the Cauliflower Alley Club. Oh, that's um, a big honor. Yeah, it was really, and, and the cool thing, because I had been to so many CAC um, conventions in Las Vegas, seeing people honored all the time, I didn't know GLOW would be honored. They did one night, the whole show was only for the GLOW girls. That's usually awesome. It's, yeah, usually it's, it's, it's different people being honored. And there's a, a first, the baloney blowout, I think, is the first night. And then they have um, <laughs> the baloney blowout. Yes. And yes, they would serve baloney. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. So it wasn't so. So for me to see these ladies, you know, Allison Bree and Betty Gilpin and Britt Barron and my favorite. I love Mark Marin. At first, I wasn't sure if I liked his character. But then by <laughs> right. the second, and I did. I'm like, oh, <laughs> he, he plays Sam Sylvia so well, which which really should have been, which is Matt Simber, our director. He right. Did so he did even better. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Really, he did a great job being a, a sleaze. Not, I don't want to call it sleazy, but right. You know, the, the 
director always gets a different like like the script that we wrote remember right I told you how I envisioned our director. <laughs> we have uh, Pat Timber. <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs> that's right. Not, not that that's based on anybody, but you know. <laughs> no, based on nobody. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, but I loved it. I I just wish, you know, and I and I, and Kia Stevens being on the show, you know. Uh, as a wrestler, you do know, and most people do by now, now know that Mondo's nephew Chavo was the uh, who trained the girls. Uh, wow! Full circle. Yep. Isn't that great? That's. I had asked him also. I said to Chavo, "I go, how did you train the girls? I mean, because we, you know, you you probably didn't have a lot of time, you know." And he said he would look at the script, and for that particular scene, what they needed to do in that scene, that's all he trained them. He trained them for that particular, like if they each had four holds, that's all they did. They learned those four holds over and over and over. He goes, I didn't want them to burn out. I didn't want them not to like wrestling because they're actresses. Yeah, and I don't, I honestly don't think they could have handled, in my opinion, the physicality Uh of it. You know, there's no way. Yeah, because they were playing they were portraying right. your characters so you right. actually did it but they were playing you know off of those characters they couldn't be your characters and of course they were making way more money than our <laughs> <characters>. <laughs> and that's the part that's a little annoying you know that's the part that a lot of girls would get really annoyed about and upset about yeah but you know what? It is what it is. You can't change that. So, well, you, you know, know what? Instead of being instead of being negative, mm-hmm. you turn the positive. You just turn that negative if you think it is into a positive, and you accept it. You know, and for that little bit of time, there was a lot of interviews for the girls. There were newspapers interviewing people, talk shows interviewing people, people getting to re know re. Discover, uh, you know, yeah, rediscover, rediscover glow. Yeah, glow. Well, one thing I love about you, and this has been true from day one since I met you, you have a true entrepreneurial spirit. You can take that in in the age of marketing and social media. You have always said, okay, I, how can I pivot this into my business mind? And hence, yeah. you have now a thriving business, Hollywood Botanica. Tell us about that. So... Before the pandemic came about, it was probably December 2018, and I was looking at a display of organic-looking soap in California to buy for gifts for people, and for myself, and I'm looking at these, and I'm like, ooh, these smell good, they look pretty, what's in them? And I'm looking at all these essential oils that are in them, and good oils, I'm like, I could do this. So I decided to buy some books. I decided to go online and look at YouTube, you know, videos, do some due diligence, and then try it for myself. I'm like, this isn't so bad. And you know what? It takes time. You are not a pro. I'm going to tell you right now, you just don't start. You might think you know it all, but, and, and you're making stuff, <laughs> but it takes a couple of years. And, I, and they say that you are not a pro until you've been doing it. Uh, two years and I get it because there are still certain things that you're learning right right took me to that two years I go boy whoever said that was so right there are certain temperatures and certain oils that work with this and certain things that don't work with that but I can say that these soap that I make are vegan friendly they're environmentally uh, friendly as well they're made with organic oils essential oils not everything is essential as there there'll be some oils that are fragrance oils and i will make sure to write that down in the ingredients uh but for the most part everything that you're getting has four or five ingredients and that's it there are no preservatives in any of those soap oh they're they're beautiful too i can say as a customer i've i've ordered the soap and it's beautiful it smells great you will smell great after you use it which is and your skin will be soft 
off because that's what everybody says. They're like, oh my God, my skin is so... You don't know the difference until you have an old bar of soap that you've been using for a while. And then you try one of these, you will feel the difference immediately. I guarantee you that. And they, they just, they look amazing like your mermaid soap. And then you have one that looks like a slice of pie. I saw that on your website. I, I was like, that actually looks like you want to eat it. <laughs> I know, but I tell them, don't eat the soap. That's so frosting. It's just making them look pretty. I mean, and then a lot of little girls like them as well. One lady, a girl said, my daughters want to see the, um, I think I called it circus cookie. And it looked like, you know, the circus cookies that you buy in the market, that hot pink color. Oh yeah. Yeah. Blue, blue color and white. So I didn't like that. And I put these little like confetti on them and it was just yeah so i made something close to that that i'll cut up tomorrow actually wasn't ready for today but i'm working on mother's day which is right around the corner and these take about three to four weeks to cure that's incredible that means brian it's just like i don't make it and it's ready today or tomorrow that's not how it works these have to sit what they're doing is um uh, the water needs to evaporate out of the soap to create a harder bar of soap wow it lasts longer I mean, you have to have patience too. Oh yeah, I, I mean, got lots of patience when it comes to things that I love. Yeah. Do you have like I'm an entire soap room in the house? Yes, we're, I'm sitting in it right now. <laughs> you know, so. The best smelling room in the entire household. Yeah, you know what? You get used to it because people will. You know, we don't have a lot of people coming to our house lately, as we know why. Right. But, if some people come in, they'll go, oh, ooh, it smells good in here. And I'm like, ah, and they know it's the soap. <laughs> yeah, right now, let's see, I just finished Country Apple, which smells amazing. Um, I love tea tree. That's one of my favorite ones. I love la- orange lavender. Do you know what I'm going to make tomorrow? Tomorrow's going to be turmeric. Oh. Turmeric ginger. I just want that to be really healthy. So that's going to be tea bags of turmeric and ginger in it uh fresh ginger grated in it two tablespoons of turmeric in it and then it will be olive oil organic coconut oil mango butter and castor oil and then it will be distilled water and then the lye that's it that's what's oh and and then i'm going to do orange patchouli i think that is Uh, because it's going to be real orange looking you know the turmeric is going to bring it that dark orange color see i don't even know how you sit and think about these combos and just make that work like that that is so i I do a lot of reading you know i I try people will ask me what can i do for um arthritis what can i do you know for this or that yeah it gives me ideas and i always i always tell people too hey if there's something that you like and i don't have it well let's do it and then i have unscented for people who just they don't, don't like the fragrance. Anything. Right. No fragrance at all. Yep. That will be ready in a couple of weeks, actually. And I made that one with goat's milk. Oh, see, that's wild. I can't yeah. believe Like, that's I incredible can't... to me. Yeah. And that takes a little more time. That that's that takes a lot more time because um, anything, if you're working with milk, um, you don't want, again, here, here we go with temperatures. Milk has to be, so I freeze it. I freeze the goat's milk. And then when I'm adding the lye to the goat's milk slowly i have to it takes me about 10 or 15 minutes to make that solution that goat milk lye solution you don't want it to burn so you have to add the it's, it takes time to do that one. Oh, i can't i can't even imagine like just hearing <laughs> that i'm like i'm glad Jeannie's the one that's making it because i couldn't even begin i'm like i'm happy to be a customer but i i don't yeah, know how you do what you do like you said it's going to take a good two years just to get stable at making it and you've already mastered the craft i have and i um the cool thing about it i my soaps are in a few stores now i have soap at billy corgan or he likes to be called william william corgan from smashing pumpkin Mm -hmm. he has a store uh a tea shop in chicago called madam zuzu's and he has some of my soap there. The lady from Up All Night, which is Rhonda Shear. Oh, yes. The host, yeah. She has this, a, a, a boutique called Retreat St. Pete in St. Petersburg, Florida. So my soap are there. And then just recently, there is a company called Jellyfish in Ventura, California that wanted 40 
different mermaid soaps and i just mailed theirs out to them about two days ago so yeah those are incredible areas you can find them there i love the mermaid soap i i yeah. that's that's yeah, one I of the bars too. i purchased so good it smells good it's good for you you'll feel better which yeah. is like bathing with it it's phenomenal thank you now where do you um get this if you're just listening to this right now where can well, people get a hold of you in any of those products you can visit those three stores i talked about if you live in those areas uh or you can order from me i have an Etsy store, and I have a website, um, HollywoodBotanica.com. That is with a K, how you spell Botanica. And then the Etsy store is HollywoodBotanica.etsy.com. Perfect. Or, yeah, or you can go to an Instagram. My Instagram is HollywoodBotanica. And then there's the wrestling part, official glow Hollywood Instagram and Twitter. There's so many gosh <laughs> so many venues to get a hold of Jeannie and her business which is completely worth it thank you and one last question for you as I close the show I ask this to everybody who's on have you personally ever had any spooky or paranormal experience and it's okay if you haven't yes oh gosh wow I had to think about it for a second yes so Ryan and I lived, when I first came to Nashville, we had, we rented a home, it's a farmhouse, we're not in it now, and it was built pre-Civil War, so I think it was 1856, and one night I was laying down, now let me tell you, this property is probably three acres, so there's not a lot around you, there's also a grave site, um, a family plot, I guess, off of that, as well off of the home um and the name of the people that lived at this home were called the scruggs s-c-r-u-g-g-s so i did a little due diligence of that home but anyway i was sleeping and um all the lights were off but i noticed that the light in the living room area that had two chandeliers in it popped on I thought that's so weird. Whoa. So I mean, for me, that that was really the only thing that I thought is that a paranormal thing. This is a house that actually had um, the owner had hired one slave, um, not for long. He, you know, he had slaves on the property, but you know, the Civil War was fought intent all around the area. So you never know. It never happened again. But I asked the owner of the house. Um, about it oh gosh brian i have to tell you one more i have one more story do i have time for one more story yes you do all right so that story was just like okay the light popped on maybe it wasn't turned off properly or you know but that was interesting the owner did say if there are any ghosts he goes i promise you they would all be friendly so that was the house in tennessee here's another story we're going to go back about three years ago my best friend Laura and I are going to a bed and breakfast in Hasita, uh, Oregon. It's called the Hasita, and that's H-E, I want to say, I don't know if it's C-E-D-A or I-T-A. Um, I'll have to look it up. Uh, Hasita Lighthouse in Oregon. And she had told me that some people see things or hear things at this particular lighthouse, at this bed and breakfast. The bed and breakfast looks over a cliff. And um, I had read up on it that the woman who sometimes goes through the house uh, is looking for her child that died. She um, fell over the cliff, the cliff and, and, and passed. Right. So the first night we're in there, we're only there for two nights. The first night, I wake up at 12 midnight because I hear something that woke me up. It was really loud. Um, and I woke up and Laura looks at me and she goes, what? She goes, oh my God, your face. And she starts laughing at me. I go, what are you laughing about? She goes, your face. And I said, Laura, I heard something hit the floor and it's a wooden floor. So I didn't think anything about it. And I went to sleep. So the next morning I wake up and for some reason, our bathroom door is not shutting. It shut the night before, but it wouldn't close. I go, what is wrong with this door? I look around the side of the door 
and the bolts. You know how there's three bolts on the sides of those doors, the, those yeah. that keep it more shut. It it popped off. It was on the floor. It was probably four inches, three inches long. I what? Go, no, I'm serious. I took a picture of it, Brian. I took the photo of it, and I said, "This is what hit the floor and woke me up." All right, so that's night one. I go, "How does this old bolt that's really old?" 